Um, we are live, bro. Good to go. Excellent, eh? Uh, what's up, guys? Welcome to an episode of the Bakery Podcast. I'm joined today by uh, Royal Ravens CDL coach Shane. Um, from what I've learned today, I've been reading through a little bit of his history. Little did I know he's a staple in the scene. Um, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I've only, like, me myself, I've only got, like, involved with, like, cut sports in the last two years. Um, I've always played, like, card and played GB and played this and that, but never, like, been involved with the whole Twitter cod scene, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't realise I was speaking to a, a veteran, which I am. <laughs> I mean, um, just thought it was a random guy they signed up. <laughs> no, 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 like, I, knew, I knew of you, I just didn't know your history in that sense. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so, we're going to shoot with the top, you know, the top five question that I ask everyone. I don't know if you've heard it before. But, you know, Bradley got asked it, Matty got asked it, I mean, Tommy's been asked it, Hex has been asked it, so I'm going to ask you. All right. Excellent. I need your top five crisps, okay? Top five crisps? Yeah, and I, I need Yeah, flavors. I should have, I should have, oh, shit. And now, listen, that. It always, it always starts like this. It, it, every podcast, yeah. Straight in, uh, deep end. I need your top right. five crisps, but the problem is, I'll promise you, yeah, if you give me bad flavours, I'm going to judge you really heavy for the rest of the podcast. Right, I'm quite, um... So, for example, y- yesterday... Denza gave me pickle. Some mad ones, some mad pickle. ones here, I guarantee. Pickle. Pickle. Pickle, mate, yeah. Now that's a straight L. Alright, so me and Denza, we're not friends no more. But, like, I'm grateful for the content he gave me. I'm just not speaking to him because I can't. That's fine. I'm just not coming back on the show again. Yeah, no, no. So, pickle. So, I'm going to need some decent options, yeah. Alright, all right. number one, easy. Flame or not, monster munch. That's not bad, uh, yeah. I'll take it. Not bad, fucking hell. Uh, number th- pressure's on then if that one's yeah, not bad. Yeah, I'll number not... number two. Yeah. Um, I think the rest of going to be in order. Number two, um, sweet chili sensations. Yeah, no, that, okay, that's banging. Yeah, that's a show. Uh, number three. Um, I don't know if anyone these uh, wheat crunch wheat crunchies. If anyone's had them yes, before. Yes, crispy bacon. Unbel- 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 yeah, yeah, of course, unbelievable. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm taking that. Yeah. Well, I'll myself a bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 hard. Uh, four. You know what? Um, what are they called? Uh, chipstick. You know the chipsticks, like yeah, the old school ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, number sort. five. I might just go sign classic, like skips. You know, I like, I like the old, the old classic ones. That's like that's one of the upper tier lists that I've had. You know, it goes, it yeah. goes underrated. That no, one. that's that's good. That one is that 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 that's a good five, bro. That is. A hey, what's, your, what's your what's your top five then? Okay, Close okay, okay, okay. Nah, hit you ready. So you you said one one of the ones you said is in my top five. Wheat crunchy crispy bacon. Yeah, that's in my top five. Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, remember when you used to go corner shopping in school and you used to get the Transformer snacks, the bags of 20 Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Bro, the spicy the tomato one. Spicy one. Oh yes. my god, they're in my top five. Yeah. Disco's prawn cocktail. Yeah, yeah. Defo. You feeling, mate? And pickled onion monster munch. Not for Oh, so you, 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 See, you prefer yeah, them? Yeah, they're yeah, good, yeah. man. They are good. Pro monster munch all day. And then if I was going to pick, like, because you picked, like, a share bag in it. So my share yeah, bag yeah. would probably be. I think it would be Chili Heat Web Doritos, man. Whoa. A, I didn't even think about those, you know. I remember when I was younger, that's what that, that's when I used to, like you said, going from a corner shop, they'd be the yeah, ones yeah. I'd get. Used to get one of them, the little like thirty piece samosas you'd get, and then like some yes. dodgy, some dodgy drink. <laughs> yeah. That was exactly the same as me, bro. Them samosas are the one. I don't know what the fuck they put in them, but it was, they were so. Yeah, good. you know, <laughs> don't matter, does it? Right, so um, I want to try and get into a bit of like your origins in terms sure, of man. where your love for gaming stems from. So, what are you, what are you sipping on? What are you drinking today? This is a a Snapple, 
no branding, no ad. It's a kiwi strawberry iced tea. Well, that's with a thank Dom, the other London coach, for putting me on it. It's fucking, as you know, Americans filled it with sugar. Yeah. You know, it's about Good 100 though. grams of sugar in that, as you do. Quite normal. Good though, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, unbelievable. Right, origin, origins of gaming, where I started it. Um, honestly, I've always, always loved it, to be honest. When I was younger, I was a little loser. That's a proper young girl. I'm sure there's a few of us losers in the chat who should absolutely batter RuneScape. Oh, yeah, me. I'm one of them, yeah. You know, I had no problem, no problem admitting it because that was unbelievable at the time, just chopping, chopping down trees in some random corner of the world, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, um, then I started getting into, this, oh, this, this be thrown it way back now, I started playing this um, FPS game on some dodgy PC I had called uh, America's Army. And yeah. then even from there, like, I think that's when I first started liking, like, getting a competitive aspect. So I must have been about 11, 12. And I think it was like some sort of crap simulator. Yeah. And um, I was joining this clan. If for like, and I was like, yeah, I must have looked, like I said, I must have been 11, 11 or 12. And yeah. um, it was an over 18 clan. And I always told them I never had a mic because they would have sussed me out straight away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so even from there, I've just got the taste for playing competitive. And then honestly, after that, I can't really remember too much. I started playing, um, if anybody remembers, Saints Row 1. Yeah. Where we, we played that online because it had like a built in competitive system. And this like every single game I've played since then. Um, I've had some sort of competitive aspect to it. Uh, and then obviously COD 4 came out. That's the first time we ever found out about game battles. Um, we won the first ever European game, the first ever game battles tournament in Europe that ever existed. We won a massive $25 each that we never saw. Wow. So, yeah. As, yes, like I said, DB, if you still want to give me that money. So you know you know, the, you know the crown, right, you get for winning. Winning a ladder or something, yeah, whatever yeah. you get. Yeah, that was that, that was the European crown kickoff. That's the tournament they brought out. Whoever wins that gets the first ever crown, isn't it? And then they sent you the crown. Say that again, sorry. Did you get the crown? Yeah, we got the crown. Just uh, and then we lost money. it. Never got the twenty-five dollars. Nah, so wow. skin, been skin ever since. That's disgusting. <laughs> wow. So like, you know, it's interesting, yeah, because when you said, "Is that America's Army?" That PC game. You know, yesterday Denzel, I asked him. Uh, about like his origin like with into gaming and he said that like he used to watch his dad play that game and that's what oh really him, yeah that's what got him into gaming like me i am old yeah. <laughs> mad what was it like what was it about that america's army do you remember so it's like uh it was literally just like a straight up if i remember like you, one team spawns on one side of the map you spawn on the other and it's like i guess it's like a tdm with one respawn what with one spawn i could be wrong to be honest this was literally about 15 16 years ago and um it was like a you couldn't you couldn't make a class for anything. It'd be like like a draft system. You got to rush to say pick the sniper class before someone else gets it. Blah blah blah. Yeah. But it was um I don't know how much it was rated as like a good game back then. It was just the only game I knew because like my my older cousin showed me it. Yeah. Od's just said it was used by the U.S. Army to train soldiers. Wow. That's bizarre. See Odie. I did not know that. I'm, I'm clearly a trained soldier. <laughs> I'm a 12 year old. Shane is a weapon. <laughs> no, my parents let, let me play shit like that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, obviously, you, you spoke about, like, you know, getting into that competitive aspect of game battles on COD 4 and so on. What was it that probably got you into COD uh, in terms of, com you know, competing? Was it just GB that drove you to it? So, I used to be in another a clan organization on rainbow six vegas yeah um when that first came out i was i was really really fucking good at it i was in one of the best teams in europe um and uh, at the start it was i'll tell you the story at, at the start i was um what is it what's it called so i was with this clan right they were a bit older than me i should i should have really realized this they were all sound i was only about 14 15 yeah 
and lyrical DKS, Dirty Kinky Sods. I, sh I shouldn't have told him. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad I never told my mum this, because it really should have, been, should have been like, what the fuck's going on, Shane? And I started playing GBs with them. And then I started going on to one of the best attack and defend teams in the game. I forget what they were called. Yeah. A team now for something. And um, I ended up getting kicked out of them because I was too squeaky. And then blah, 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 so on. And then like Halo 3 came out. We started banging Halo 3 for a bit. Um, that, that's when like, uh, we, found, well, we found out about GBs on Rainbow Six. And I started bringing out all my other friends on Halo. And Jesus Christ, the Rainbow Six GBs. I remember my first ever one. I was absolutely shaking, like absolutely <laughs> shitting myself. And we used to, we, these Rainbow Six GBs would go on for like, one of them would go on for like three, four hours. We'd oh, play yeah, like one or two yeah. a week. Obviously, for some reason, people I was playing about the time, they all had kids, husbands, wives, whatever. And then, yeah, so we only played one a game on Sunday. And then COD 4 came out. I think we went, the first season of COD 4, I think we went like 40, 40 wins, 15 losses. Absolutely amazed of ourselves. I think we come like seventh place or something like that. And then, and yeah, obviously, it started developing a bit more from there. And honestly, those game battles days, I'm sure a lot of people in the chat who ever started playing game battles, yeah. they're easily my most fun gaming experience. Yeah, um, so. Just literally doing nothing. Wake yeah. up on 12 on a Saturday, playing until 3 in the morning, playing for absolutely nothing. But you, yeah. you, you could be having war zone with your teammates for losing the GB and you're literally playing for fuck all. Yeah, yeah. That was when gaming was fun for me. That's all I used to do, COD 4, just GBs. Same when like, yeah. then every release after was just GBs. That's all I've looked forward to is just GBs in every card. Was exactly the same. Yeah, it was good, what, man. Like, what was your obviously you just said like that was probably your favourite gaming moments. Would you say that COD Four was your favourite COD? Um, I'd say Black Ops Two was my favourite COD. No, no, e easily to be honest. Yeah, and what from, from, a, from, from a competitive aspect, anyway. I mean, uh, Black Ops Two. It was like I know a lot of people would choose their best game based on a bit of bias on how competitive or how the competitive side went for them. Yeah. But I mean, everyone to this day, the vast majority of this anyway, will say Black Ops 2 was the most competitive, most tactical game there was. And obviously our team, our Epsilon team, probably up until very recently, we were the most dominant European team there's ever been. Yeah. There's, and not, in my opinion, maybe delusional or not, there's not a shadow in my mind. I mean, we'd, we'd go months without losing a map in scrims. Yeah. We'd, we, I think we went two back-to-back -back LAN events, won both of them without dropping a map. So... I obviously, if you have a really good team, then you're going to enjoy the game a lot more. So, yeah, yeah. So obviously, you've just touched on Epsilon there. Now you've mentioned it. I mean, you've got quite a deep history, haven't you? You know, for, across multiple organisations and different areas. Do you want to uh, like give a bit of an insight into that, like where you kind of first started with what organisation and how you've ended up here with Royal Ravens? Oh, it could be a long old story. This one, <laughs> right? Uh, so my first organisation that I like proper organisation. Well, I don't know if it classes proper organisation, but back uh, back then it was was from an org called Imperial, which was owned by Chris Marsh, who's like one of the top dogs at the Certo at the moment. Um, we were an org called Imperial, and I forget who my team was because back then it was just like you'd go to events just for a piss up, really. I don't remember any prize pool we played in front of it. I just remember going there. That's, what I went to London. That's exactly what I went to. Yeah. So, oh, you yeah. should have seen how bad it was. It used to be years ago, though. I remember people would be warming up for, before their games, and some certain players would have a shot of tequila before they play, and that. But times <laughs> have changed a lot now. Yeah. But yeah, so I went from Imperial, and then I can't really remember much, too much after that. And then I ended up getting picked up by Swanee, who was in Prophecy. And Swanee, funnily enough, was. Like, I, I knew Swanee from COD4 because I used to team with his real-life friend on Saints Row. Oh, okay. And then we used to be in and out of teams for a few years, me and Swan. And um, what is it? He ended up giving me a chance on Modern Warfare. 
Modern Warfare 3, I think, for an, org an organization called Prophecy, and at the time they were like regarded as like like a powerhouse European organization. When sponsors first started coming in to like Call of Duty and stuff like that, and like, there was only other big ones apart from them. The, the, apart from them, there's only other, only other big ones in the UK that I knew of were like TCM, uh, yeah. Dignitas. I don't know if Dignitas were involved in COD at the time. Only could probably confirm with that. But yeah, I joined Prophecy, and then we started getting known to be um, pretty fucking good. Uh, I think the team was me, Swanee, Gunshi, and Sowersby at the time. All of them retired. And then, yeah, we ended up doing uh, well, at, pretty well at a few events. And then, um, funnily enough, Black Ops 2 come out. Um, I got dropped for Nick Excellence Ward, obviously, like, one of the most legendary European COD players of all yeah. time, at the time. And um, I got picked up to a team with Madcat, Exanity, and uh, B-Sport Josh. Yeah. And then from that point onwards, I think... I remember, I remember the first event we teamed together. We, we went 3-0 down to Prof, and obviously I've got a bit of a grudge against Amir. Yeah. And uh, so I need to beat him. We go 3-0 down, and then, I don't know, something just lights under my ass, and I have the best three maps of my life. We absolutely violate him. <laughs> um, we get to the last map. Because we, we used to play best of sevens back then. We then... Um, uh, I must have had the best start I've ever had in my life. And... Uh, I won't say, I'll be the one to say it. it's a few years ago now, he's probably over it. Uh, B-Sport had a bit of a howler. Uh, we ended up losing the last map, and then, I don't know, we lost 4-3, but then after that, we proceeded to batter prof all year in, in our Epsilon team, so yeah. no grudges hold, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting you mentioned Nick, because uh, he's a good friend. Talk to him quite a lot. Yeah, he's a good lad, Nick is, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he, he's always been like a good player. He's pro proper, proper, like one of the nicest guys I've ever met as well. Yeah. So what, what's enticed you to switch from competing to coaching? To be honest, mate, I just wasn't good enough anymore. If it was, I, I still miss it to this day. I still miss competing. I tell the boys that all the time. Like, even like Matt Scrap, he says it a lot. Like, he know he can tell. I guess he can tell what I do because fucking every time I'm, I have to get subbed in for one of these Warzone tournaments and stuff like that, it's like, I don't know, it throws me back a bit, man. And yeah. um, as much as like I love what I do, Anyone in my shoes will tell you there's no better feeling than sitting on that stage and trying to batter another team. Yeah, yeah. Sender said the same. I asked Sender whether um, if you could take, you know, the the last couple of years of coaching and trade them in right now just to be able to compete one last time. He said he would. Oh, uh, 100%. Yeah, so it I, was, I get it. Yeah. It's just like, what is it? So my, my last teammate, funnily enough, was Dom, like another one of the Ravens coaches. And for about... Well, that whole year of World War Two, when I was, I was in Renegades and like, we had a salary and stuff like that, but when Renegades pulled out of COD, it was like we got fucked over by a few organisations because obviously in the lower tiers of the Call of Duty scene, there's some real dodgy fucking organisations yeah. who just claim to have this and that. And at the time, I am smart. I am smarter than that because I've dealt with all the bullshit before. Like, I had my own organisation and shit like that. Mm. But at the time, you haven't got a choice. You've got to take a risk on these people and... And obviously we've got, we, we, me and Dom signed a good deal with this organisation and um, honestly we, we're probably still contract to them to this day even if, even, even if the organisation really exists. Sorry Odie, yeah. you, you probably need to know that but it's some <laughs> fake organisation that disappeared anyway. Um, but they ended up pulling out and then the UK event, uh, CWL Birmingham I think, like we had literally had no funding for it and as a player I've always, I've always, never, well, I've never ever ever struggled to get funding. That's like, Honestly, because it's quite easy to talk to a lot of the smaller organisations, yeah, and yeah. and so so and obviously I was always good enough to get funding. At that point, I couldn't get funding to go to Birmingham, and, and like I've me done, we're on our ass financially because we haven't been paid in a long time. Mm -hmm. 
certain like we, I can't even afford a train to Birmingham. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah, luckily, yeah. Scuff Duncan, the uh, owner of Scuff, yeah. uh, he paid for our team out of his own pocket because I've always had like a really good relationship with him. And like I guess quite a lot of like big the business people in COD to be honest because we spend a lot of Sunday nights at the bar and that's where you get to meet all these people. Yeah, yeah. So Duncan saved our ass for that one. Um, obviously the event didn't go too well, uh, but you know. I ended up going into coaching after that, thanks to Dom, who gave me the recommendation. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned, like, just about, obviously, the, the time you spent at that bar, because I think at the moment, especially in the world of esports, networking is key. I think if, you know, regardless of if you're an upcoming player or aspiring entertainer, vice versa, I think the, the idea of being able to network and do it properly and do it well is very important to your growth. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of good job, job offers I've had in the past, like a job offer from like presenting on Xbox and things like that, and that's yeah. all from having a few beers with some guy from Xbox at the bar. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's where you truly get to. I might be a bit delusional, but I think that's where you truly get to know someone, and that's yeah. when someone can truly realise if you're a yeah. like a, a good person to be around. Because obviously, there's no there's no cameras, there's no pressure of a job interview. You yeah, just yeah. being yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So what's what's the transition been like to go from a player to coaching? Like, has it been easy, or do you find yourself kind of referring to your own play styles or previous play styles whilst coaching? Um, at, at the start, I've, I've always found it pretty easy to be honest. I mean, as a player, before I went into coaching, and like Don made me think coaching was an option. As a player, I've, I've never been one of those guys with like the highest amount of raw talent. I've always been a smarter player than most people, or a player with good communication. Just like you know, your standard objective player, pretty yeah. much. That one doesn't doesn't have it all, but makes all the right sort of plays. And um, I've, I think in coaching, that is like obviously having the best way to play the game. It's one of the best things you can do. And obviously, being an SMG player like the whole time, it's, it's a bit helpful for other SMG players too. Yeah, got you. So what's um. Obviously, you spoke about your competitive nature, and you you know you said that coming up, you know, through COD Four and so on. Basically, any game that you played that you felt had a competitive side to it, you latched to. So, yeah. do you find coaching fulfilling that competitive nature for you? I mean, yeah, one hundred percent. Obviously, it's not the same as playing. Yeah. Excuse me, but um, what is it? It's like losing hurts so much more as a coach. Yeah. No, 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 not, not hurts much more. Not hurts much more as a coach. Right? That's a that's. That's nonsense. Obviously, the players put their life on it. I mean, like, how do I put it? The worry, the worry of losing when yeah. you're when you're not in, when you're not in control. Yeah. When you're just like, you're just watching it all unfold. That yeah. that feeling is fucking horrendous, and I don't yeah, recommend yeah. it to anyone. Yeah. I mean, as as a player, when you're playing in front of thousands, you don't even think about it. You don't even think about the pressure. But when you're just watching, and you're seeing like a mistake unfold or a close victory, like the feeling after is insane. I don't I don't think players have time to like. Have time to really like have the have the feeling settle in for him at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. As a coach, when you're watching, it's just constantly going through like, oh shit, oh shit, thank God, thank fuck for that, oh shit, oh shit, blah blah blah. And then the, I think the player takes them like an hour or two after a game's done to realise like how yeah. good they've done or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So the intricacies of the intricacies of coaching uh, is something I want to get into because I think a lot of people make the assumption that you know uh, coaches just look at a scrim here and there or do something like that, do you know I mean? They have a bit of insight into that. I, I want to get an idea of what your job your job involves outside of what most people assume it being. So obviously the, the standard is 
or a lot of, or even my real life friends for an example um they ask like how do i do it isn't it's like do you just do you just tell your guys to why are you looking that way for why did you not kill him blah 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 that's probably the general <coughs> public opinion on it <coughs> excuse me and um what is it so obviously like you got this there's, there's a lot you have to do man um obviously you got to learn the game and obviously the game we're at isn't it's completely different to any other card I've ever dealt with in the past. It's extremely, extremely different to other Call of Duty's, the way it's played, the way the spawns work, the way the maps work. And that, that got me off to a slow start on this game, to be honest, because the whole, the whole one, two months of this game, the first two months, uh, I was just thinking there's no way. Like in 10 years of COD, there's, no, there's never ever been a spawn mechanic like this, and they were they're saying they were going to change it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They never did. We've still got the same squad spawning mechanic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that put me off to like a slow start on this game. But yeah, I mean, hopefully that next year it doesn't happen, to be honest. But like, yeah. the intricacies of coaching, like you said, I mean, especially nowadays, I've always found myself really good. In, when I was playing as well, like really good with young players. All the players like a lot of raw talent. Yeah. And um, obviously not necessarily knowing the fundamentals. Because um, obviously you can, you can uh, they usually learn those things over time. And as coaches, we can always help speed up that process. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've got yeah. So... I mean, like, outside of, you know, the what people say with you guys to watching a scrim, I mean, what, what what's a day in the life of Shane like? I mean, let's say, for example, they've got a big scrim coming up. Yeah, um, yeah. Or, you know, they've got a tournament on the weekend. What what are, what are those days like for you leading up to? So, usual scrim day, we scrim from about 2pm till hopefully 6pm if, like, all things go well timing-wise. And then a couple of days a week we'll watch some VOD. I mean, we don't like. It's not. I, I never thought it was good. Over completely overdoing it on VOD yeah, because yeah. I, it would literally because of the way the game works, it will become tedious. Yeah. And if it becomes tedious, it becomes harder to sink in, and it's only natural to think like that. And I've I've never thought, especially Call of Duty, and a certain game mode, respawn especially, it can't be something that needs to be overthinked because you can criticize all the wrong plays in the world, but at the same time, you can make the wrong play and it can still pay off. Yeah, yeah. I will, like, we'll, like, we'll know, use Dylan for example. Well, he is an incredibly smart player, but because of how good he is, he's the sort of player that can make a wrong play and walk away with three kills. Yeah. So that's why it's not too good putting, like, I know a lot of people will like to focus on every small mistake, and as a teammate and as a captain, I used to do the same thing sometimes, mm. but I kind of learned to back off a bit. But yeah, like, like I said, going up to a tournament, scrimming from two till six, uh, VOD, uh, maybe a couple of nights a week, two or three nights a week. Um, and then we do stats as well, just to like help the team fix out the minute problems. And then, yeah, going into a tournament, and then honestly, we start the game. As soon as that tournament game's done, it's obviously the players are on their own at that point. And with COD being the fastest, in my opinion, the fastest esport of all time, uh, you've got less than half a, se half a second decision to make a change. And that's, what, that's why you'll see there is there's a lot of um, inconsistencies in Call of Duty. Because it's impossible for the right player to make the right play every time because there's just so much you can do. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, obviously, all you can do is best prepare them for as many situations as possible and hopefully they can clutch up on the day. And luckily, we do more times than not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Raw Ravens, um, what's it like being part of a franchise CDL organisation? I mean, has it, you know, has it made serious changes to your life? Oh, yeah. Jesus. I mean, like last year, like in reciprocity, I mean, we were incredibly well looked after. And then we honestly thought that was the pinnacle at the time in terms of like the business and because it, it was like a relatively wealthy organization as far as I'm aware. So obviously we were really well looked after. They moved us to Vegas and stuff yeah. like that. 
and then you come to Ravens or any other probably probably a lot of the other franchises as well. It's it's a whole different ball game here. I mean, dealing with a millionaire and dealing with like obviously like with other franchises where you have got like people like Cronky and stuff like that. And these and yeah. I can only imagine what someone like him out here, someone someone like uh, him's like to deal with. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, God knows how many billions he's got. But with with our ownership group, they're extremely hands on in terms of like contact like how we how we can speak to them and even when we chat to them in person they're like really good to talk to and stuff like that um that's quite refreshing because yeah. in other organizations i've been to in the past the people that bring the money in you don't even hear from them you don't know you don't even know if they're real do you know what i mean yeah and then we have like a lot of calls with our ownership group and then we've got um Odie, yeah like ex-owner of dignitas mm. um obviously Top they, they call me a veteran, but Jesus Christ, he's fucking yeah, yeah. Ain't even still in the chat. He might fucking <laughs> find, he might find me. Nah. He might find me out there. <laughs> I'll call the fucking, week. <laughs> yeah. Even the esports since I was in Napoli's pretty much. Yeah. So yeah, so like obviously there's like there's a, like a wealth of uh like yeah. massively experienced people in it. So it's a really good franchise, man. Yeah, and what's it like coaching the five personalities that you do? Um, so I've known them all for. I've known him for quite a while now. I mean, obviously, coaching Sean, uh, Dylan, and Wiskins, or Brad from last year. So yeah. we all knew them really well. And obviously, spent a lot of time with Matty, a lot of last year as well. Quite a, several nights out of him, got to know him quite a bit. And we've got Trey. I mean, I've never, uh, like, well, actually, I, I teamed with him. But I, I can guess I can take credit for pulling him out of the gutter, teaming, teaming with his uh, smaller level teammates. I mean, we did shit our team, but I'll still take credit for pulling him out of the gutter. I mean, yeah, they're, they're all proper sound lads. Um, to work with and honestly I, I i did have a few other offers yeah for this and uh the main reason why i wanted to come here was literally to work with the players obviously working for london as well is obviously awesome but the main reason i come here was to work with that core set of players yeah, yeah, yeah. and then have you got like i mean yourself with the players have you got a very strong relationship across i, I suppose it makes your job a lot easier as well in terms of oh, like, you, you know you've got a close friendship group there so i mean yeah it makes it easier to talk to people when you're close with him like you, you there's like you have more stepping room i can talk to him like how i talk to any like another one of my real life friends like they, they won't fucking get all nippy with it and stuff like that because yeah, obviously yeah. Yeah, it's nippy. And if you do if you do have an argument you squash it 10 minutes later so it yeah, don't really matter yeah, yeah. right so um while we're talking about obviously the, the team and the team that you're a part of and the likes of your the lads i want to see how well you know your team okay Try <laughs> so I've got the show, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got just a few tweets and a couple of questions that I'm going to ask you. I want to see if you can guess who tweeted what. Oh, that's going to be sweet. Go on. All right. And I've also got a couple of questions. Right, so I've got a tweet here, starting with this. My arse is that bad that people are pulling out sprays on the flight and letting them off. Unreal from me. Shout out them two double whammy McDees this morning. Oh, that's scrap. Has to be right. Yeah. That was scraps 2018 February. Yeah, right. I've got one here. I'm gonna deactivate. I think every single person is fishing for likes. It's just pure aid. So peace. Wait, say that again. Sorry. I'm gonna deactivate. I think every single person is fishing for likes. It's just pure aids. So peace. It can't be Sean. I don't think it's Dylan. Bear in mind, there is a follow-on to this tweet. Do I get to hear the follow-on? I'll give you the follow-on once you've made a guess at the first. Okay. 
I can see I can see scraps again saying pure aid. I can't see Trey or Sean doing it. And I don't think I've seen that from Dylan. It's got to be one of the twins. But I'm, I'm, I'd like to say scraps, but I'm not sure. I need, I need to see the follow-on. Right, okay. I'm going to give you the follow-on. <laughs> Shut up, you... F no. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, you fat mess. Get a grip and hold on tight. That was the follow-on. <laughs> <laughs> right, the first tweet was Wuskin. Scraps responded with "Shut up, you fat mess." Get yeah, the fat mess was obvious actually, but yeah. the first one I wasn't sure. Wusk responded with "You even fished for them." I see, you little fat bowling pin square. <laughs> Funny, they both called each other fat. It's fucking yeah. comedy. Right, I got a question for you. Which Raw Ravens player ended up in an Uber with a family? I haven't even heard this story. I'd like to say Trey. I'm going to give you one more guess. There's a bit more detail. Which Royal Ravens player ended up in an Uber with a family and a child eating their bag? Is that our starting lineup? Yes, sir. Okay. Matty, again, Matty's pretty unlucky, so that could be him. Scraps. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't even heard that story. You put a video on Twitter two I'll years to bring ago. That up to him. Mate, a video on Twitter two years ago <laughs> and it's his face and then he shows you the back of the woman driving the two kids next to him in the back of the car. It's hilarious, the video's hilarious. Right. <clears throat> next one. Why is it this is a tweet? Why is it when I see people lose, I always see them individually tweeting that they played good? Lol, you lost, you wet nappy. Again, that's one of the twins. It has to be. I just don't know which one. You don't understand how alike they are. Um, because I said Scraps can't, I'm going to have to say Whisk, man. They both, no, but, but at the same time, Scraps calls people wet all the time. You got it right, it was Whisk. Oh, okay. Mate, I, I tried so hard, yeah, to find tweets from Dylan and Zero, right? Their Twitters are so clean. I'm telling really? you. Yeah, I challenge you to find some. Odie's probably in this chat thinking, yeah. get the fucking social team on mate, the Twins Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> mate, the Twins Twitter, it's easy to find shit, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. But Dylan and Zero and that, mate, their Twitters are so clean. I can't find nothing, right? Got a question. Next one. When's Dylan's birthday? Oh, it's near fucking. Is it like March 14th or something? Ooh, that was real close. That was what real close. March 13th, March 15th, something like that. You're so close, mate. 16th? Yeah, bang on. Okay. 16th. That's fucking me, I'm impressed. Fair play. I know, I, just, I remember it, it was, uh, we got sloshed at the bar next door. Right. <laughs> I've got a tweet here. Um,. Consider the whole Royal Ravens roster for this, not just the starting Okay. Line. Okay. This is what happens when you're the biggest pagan of 2016. Right. Welcome to the agency, bitch, at Epsilon Apox. And they actually added Apoc in the tweet. It's got to be rated. No. It's not, because he, he used to have some quality tweets for that. His whole roster. Oh, my God, Mad Cat. Mad Cat, yeah. Happy. Bang on, yeah. I got... Two more questions for you. All right. How many followers does the Ravens Twitter have right now? To the nearest thousand? 30? No. Up. 
Fair play. Well done, Peter. <laughs> 40, 35? 41. 41. Okay. Yeah. And one more. Can you remember the fixtures? Of, sorry, can you remember the fixtures? And if so, the result from what the games play, Ravens played in London? Ravens played in London, our home yeah. series. Yeah. Toronto 3-1. Yeah. New York reverse swept him 3-2. Yeah. And Dallas reverse swept. We lost 3-2. Yeah, bang on. Right, bang on, literally. <laughs> wow. Right, okay. So I'm moving on to a bit about you. So if you could, obviously from the coaching aspect, you can, you know, you get to oversee and uh, and get a, a real understanding of these guys, not just in game but out of game as well, and their personalities. So if you could pick a strength about each player on the current roster outside of you know the likes, the simple stuff like gun skill, because you know it's expected. Uh, yeah, if, yeah. if you could pick a strength about each player on the current roster, what would it be? Are we talking about gaming still? It hasn't got to be gaming. I suppose it could be just in terms of their personality, whether it's something okay. mentally or... Um, oh, this is hard. Shit. Uh, how can we start? i start with Sean. Um, Sean is like an incredibly one of those guys who just gets his head down. Well, they're all hard workers, but like Sean's like, he just gets his head down, gets on of it, stuff like that. Um, say scraps... Fucking hell, this is a really hard question. Scrabble's <laughs> um, blog personality, so same with both of the twins, but their personalities are extremely likeable. Yeah. And that's obviously exceedingly important for your branding and stuff like that. It's yeah. just like, it's obviously like being, becoming big in gaming. It's especially, obviously unless you're like a, obviously I, apart from being a pro player, yeah. becoming big in gaming is probably like 90% personality. Yeah, yeah. So, They'll always have that for him, and that's why their streams are very successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Dylan, Dylan outside the game, honestly, you you probably, I doubt anyone would expect it. He's one of the funniest people you'll ever meet. Really? It must be something to do with the Irish charm, Northern Irish charm, because he's, I've always thought I was really quick-witted, but he beats me to the punch by 10 million miles, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> and then, Tracy, I haven't really got to know Trey properly yet. Yeah. He's just like a he's he's like another one of those incredibly nice guys, really easy to work with. But um, that's a really tough tough question to be honest. I wish I could give you better answers. Nice, all right. So on the <laughs> flip side, if you could pick one area of improvement for each player right now, and let's refer it to game or like in-game person, you know, attitude okay. toward it, what would it be? Could you pinpoint one area of improvement for each player? One area of oh, it'd be hard to say, man. Really hard to say. Is I just a, don't know what I can. From from like an overview, like an overlook, is there any is there ever like anything that you see? Something happens more than once, so it's like a uh, a repetition where you know they they tend to have a tendency around oh, the, that you'd like to. The, the, yeah. The only thing I'd want them to improve on, honestly, but then I I somewhat agree with them at the same time is like. It's like honestly complaining about the game that we have at hand, and honestly, I I agree with them. It's. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fucking shit show. Like, it straight up is. And it's easy for me to say, nah, nah, you just get on with it, get your head down, work harder than yeah, everyone else. Yeah. But at the same time, if I was in their shoes, I'd be doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I feel, yeah. I can't disagree. Um, what are your thoughts around MW as a whole? I mean... I don't know if I'm allowed to say anything bad, to be honest. But honestly, <sighs> it's... Uh, to, 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 to put it bluntly, it's just... For competitive, it's, it's probably the worst one you've ever had. Yeah. Definitely the worst one you've ever read. I, mean, um, I, I can say these are just my views, obviously, but I, I think the game is absolutely shocking. I, I mean, don't don't get me wrong, right? That 
we've got to understand we are the 0.5 percent we're the 0.01 percent all these franchises gave them hundreds of millions to be all together to be a part of the cdl but at the same time we are one percent of their income do you know what i mean yeah yeah um so realistically they don't really have to cater to us because every single year call of duty will, will, will outsell the year before yeah um luckily going into next year with treyarch david vondahar he's always give us um more of a game that's better for competitive yeah um and that's every single black ops game in my opinion has been like the best games for competitive call of duty yeah um and infinity ward they've they've never really done that to be honest they, they have obviously fought like some staple games modern warfare 2 cod 4 stuff like that but yeah, yeah. For, for competitive i'm not sure infinity ward and it's the same reason as for a lot of people like in the chat and yours all their like real life friends and anyone that doesn't really play call of duty anymore a lot of them have probably come back to play this game. Yeah. Um, the Infinity Ward games, they seem to be extremely fun for the casual player. Yeah. And obviously that, that needs to happen because without like a massive casual player, good experience, even though we don't enjoy it as much, for some yeah. reason the casual player seems to enjoy it. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm pleased that the game has blown up as big as it is. Like Warzone, obviously it's a shit show what's going on in the world with um, COVID-19, but obviously Warzone coming out, at that time, is uh, it's probably skyrocketed Call of Duty to be yeah, honest, 100%. and yeah. it's, we're we're quite lucky to have the job that we that we do because obviously we still t obviously we lose the competitive integrity of playing at LAN, but same shit for us. We still scrim online. Yeah, we still we still get to do our job. I mean, there's other people that have been made redundant and things like that, so yeah. it's, we've been pretty blessed, really. So, do you think Warzone's been the kind of a saving grace for MW this year? I mean, yeah. I would hate to see what Twitter would be like without the distraction of Warzone because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, re I, really see, I really think this could have drastically hurt the Call of Duty franchise. I'm not really sure, so I'm not the, that's not my um, side of things, but yeah, I, yeah. I can only imagine how going from Blackout, which was also awesome, and then not having, if they didn't have a battle royale this game, I think that could have really hurt the Infinity yeah, yeah, yeah. Ward side of things. So getting into a bit of Warzone, what are your thoughts around, um, obviously the, we had the tournament over the weekend with Royal Ruckus, there's a lot of speculation as to who is and isn't the best in the world. Uh, obviously, you're a CDL coach. Who do you think are the best players in the world right now when it comes to Warzone? Um, without a doubt, I'd say Juki is the best player in the world. Yeah. What he, I mean, it's the one thing I've never really got about because obviously COD, a lot of us COD players, ex-COD players, COD pros, we obviously hold a lot of like, uh, we'll say we're on a high horse a lot and obviously, I don't know if I'm being ignorant, but I don't really know Juki's past and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And um, I think I think he played like search and destroy and stuff like that. But for, for him to be as good as he is without like much proper proper Call of Duty experience is insane. He's just shout a straight up unbelievable, yeah, I agree. Uh, unbelievable God player. I agree. Um, and I'm sure with with his work ethic, if he wanted to go into a competitive side of things, obviously it's extremely hard nowadays in the franchise side of things. But if he wants to go into a proper competitive side of things. You, with some basic con knowledge and an incredibly good worth ethic, you could you could you might be able to make it as like a well, like a decent AM player for now. Yeah, obviously, yeah. It's, it's pretty hard to break into yeah. the uh, the top side of things. But yeah, I'd say Juki's. Um, I think the, it's I hard think... to say. It's hard to say to be honest because there's a lot of like great Warzone players that I noticed in that tournament that I've never heard of before. People that don't not not necessarily big streamers and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I was one of them, obviously. Yeah, yeah, carry on. <laughs> yeah, you were. You nearly yeah. did it. <laughs> 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 but yeah, but I, I don't know what I can say would be first at the moment is Juki's. Um, I agree. But I agree. Yeah. That, I, I honestly, it'd be hard for me to say. No, I do. I think he's the best in the world. I think the thing with him at the moment is, it, you know, like his gun skills insane, but it's his position. It's the way he works. Totally positioning. 
It's it's so like, I can't even fathom it, man. I just I, it's instant for him, and the like the way he you know can play one v four and like the way he just positions himself in every single situation right every time. I mean, when we were watching Ruckus on Sunday, the way he positioned himself behind that tree to then get the two kills on the goal, yeah. I was in fucking disbelief. I the thing with Cod as well. The thing with Cod as well. Cod is an incredibly hard game to learn by watching. Yeah. Probably that I explained this to Matt before. Like you, a casual player isn't going to go and watch, say, Simp stream, formal stream, and pick up anything. It's it's more like, it's more of a brain game. Do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like. You can go watch a FIFA player. You can go watch a League of Legends player. You 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 pick up something. That's like, oh shit, that's a good thing to do. That works. Yeah, you watch yeah. Call of Duty. It's like you can't really learn fuck all from watching nah. a superstar player. To be honest, it, it, you need to hear it and hear what they're doing and stuff like that. And if you're not if, you, if they're not speaking about it, then you're not going to know. Yeah. Me personally, with Jukies, um, he's the guy I watch. If I because I put a lot of time into Warzone. Yeah. I mean, when we're not playing and we just, if we're not if we're not just chilling, I, I I'd like to play a few hours of Warzone at night. Yeah, and the one thing I hate doing is being shit at any game. Yeah. and he's and obviously like me and Dom with Joe, we do the same thing. We we just fly at a red dot. We die yeah. all the time, yeah. wondering why we're not. And then we watch Juki drop 35 kills. He plays slower than we do, and we're like, yeah. well, it, just, it just makes total sense. Positioning is just yeah, yeah. hundred times better than us. He he'll, he'll get pushed up into an aggressive position where a whole team is, and instead of just doing what I would do, fly at them with C4 and those little bamboo sticks people yeah, have got yeah. now. He'll sit and wait for a couple of them, and then. They'll all come flying out to him, and obviously having that little battle royale, not battle royale knowledge, is put him in position to where he's becoming today. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, having, I mean, obviously having spent the amount of time you have within Call of Duty esports now, you've been, you know, what twenty? When was it you first come to the scene? Realistically, I mean, obviously interviews from you from twenty thirteen. Um, so I went to my first event in two thousand nine, and I yeah. started playing game battles from two thousand seven. Wow. Right, okay. One more time. Done it all since then. Ran a brand. Fucking all sorts of weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I actually... I'm trying to think. There's an interview I watched from you. It was 2013. I don't know if you were on Prof. No, probably, it was probably Prof or Epson 2013. I think it was Prof. And I think... I can't remember who you played. You were at a Deserto event, though. And... Or I don't know if you were at Deserto. Or you were being interviewed by Deserto. And I remember you called... Um, Oh yeah, that was prof days. Yeah, that was that was, the, the, that was the toxic days. I, don't know, I remember what you're yeah. gonna say. <laughs> that was the toxic days. The forums were like an evil place back then. Yeah. I used to have the worst trash talk to people. I just say I stuff about people, girlfriends, everything. Is the I don't know if you said he's the. I know what I said. I'm just not repeating it. Yeah. <laughs> so I like the guy. <laughs> yeah, you said some funny shit anyway, it was really funny. It was, evil, it was evil back then. Oh, mate, I was watching loads of them today, I was like, really like getting through it. I was like, this is fucking <laughs> hilarious. Like, this is, it was basically like Modern Warfare 2 lobbies, but in real life. <laughs> on the camera, Honestly, with that's the game was. I was just yeah, yeah. When we're playing against people, say stuff about yeah. their misses, I'd, anything, anything I could get with their haircuts, anything I could get a word in about, <laughs> I'd say it. So, again, like, obviously, a long time in esports, you know, spanning over 10 years. Build for me your ideal five players from past and present if you were going to build a team of five now that you feel could go on into the next Call of Duty title regardless of any mechanics or what you think it's going to be right now if you think of five players that you know deep down regardless with their mindset and if it could go forward and win who do you think it would be? Past and present ex-teammates uh, people you know I'll leave, I'll leave my guys out of it because that will be like I just end yeah, up filling it with bias. majority of them yeah, so yeah. Um, number one I'd pick Slasher Okay. Without a shadow of a doubt. 
To be honest, I don't think I've had to choose many past players, to be honest, because I feel, I feel like the game's evolved so much now that yeah. the players back then wouldn't have a sniff right now. Yeah, yeah. But especially if, if, if you're talking about winning event, then that's my opinion. Um, so I'll start with Slasher. Yeah. Um, Simp. Yeah. Um, this is a toughie. Wait, what's 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 the end end result again? Just winning, say, champ. So I would say, yeah. Imagine you're taking five people to the next Call of Duty, and they're, they're the next gonna, Call of Duty. They're gonna run it. They're gonna run the next okay. card, start to finish. Talking the next games, and I'd pick Slasher, uh, Sim, Shotzi, because I feel like Shotzi's getting. Easy. I don't know. How, I, I don't know how old he is, but yeah. Obviously, the Halo players that come over when they do, they tend to have like tend to be extremely successful, and yeah. they're always mechanically better than most. Yeah. So I'd, I'd start with them three. Um, the middle ground. I just hopefully it's a two main art main AR game, and I'd choose Octane. Yeah. And the third. This is a sticky one. <laughs> Proper sticky one. I don't know, man. This is a tough one. So you've got some experience in there now, obviously, with Slasher and stuff. Yeah. Two young guys as well. To win an event now, I feel like I need more of a flex player. And I can't choose any of my guys, so it's fucking sticky. Um, <laughs> I've made you think this episode like, through this. Yeah, this is tough, man. <laughs> Shit. I'd choose scumps, and if I was a coach, you'd bring in loads of brand deals. Yeah, bang. <laughs> Mate, that's literally like, <laughs> in terms of like coming up, I mean, did you, obviously, you've been you've been involved in like, especially COD Esports for, for as long as most. Um, but I mean, do you, have you ever had like an inspiration within Esports that you've looked up to? Um, Not to be honest, no. Yeah. I've never really been like, that sort of person to like, yeah, yeah look up to people I've always seen it seen them as competition to be honest mm. so I've never really I mean like go, go, like when, as I first got into the COD scene COD 4 the um, the, the, the best player at the time was Gunshi and I guess like I just back in the day it would be cool to have all the pro players and your friends list you know but that was like the first two weeks of the game I mean I yeah, guess you yeah. would say that but like, like I said like I've never really looked up to anyone because it makes I always felt like that would put me below them when I was competing and yeah, I just wanted to be the best all the time. I suppose at the time the difference with you is because you're, you know, like you said, you're 27. I mean, yeah, the difference with you is that you've you've kind of grown with these guys that a lot of people are inspired by. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously you've competed alongside them, so for you they are competition as opposed to an inspiration. It was a different time for you. Yeah, like, if I started now, it'd be different. Yeah, yeah. I suppose you know it's easy for me to ask the likes of. Uh, younger players, you know, like Simp, you know, who's been your inspiration? It'd be easy for him to say, "Ah, oh, Scump or Krim," because yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he's came up watching them and now plays alongside them. them. Um, so Friday, uh, Dallas versus Ravens opening game. Yeah, I am writing on. Prediction, you are indeed. Predictions for the prediction. Weekend. No, I'm going to predict we're going to win, but it's an extremely hard fucking game for Dallas. In my opinion, they're the hardest team to play. Yeah, yeah. Not only they're extremely talented, they're also like perfectly placed for an online league, and they're just as good at LAN anyway. Yeah. But like obviously we have like a host, we have a host veto system. Luckily with where we're located, 
puts us relatively 50-50 versus, um, versus any teams based in Texas. But yeah, that's like a 1% of the reason. They're an insane team. Um, they're incredibly quick. Uh, when we scrim each other, we usually we, um, it, we, we have a good day and they have a bad day. That's how it always works. Um, but then obviously, if you saw the last event, I don't think anybody could be more surprised by some of the shit that was going down last yeah, event. You had like no. Seattle taking big leads. I mean, they, it's nice to see them improving because they're all nice guys. Yeah. Um, Atlanta ended up losing to Florida. So Florida got um, Awakening. It was yeah. proved to be really good for them. Yeah. I and mean, with, with this league, mate, it's, it really doesn't matter who you play. Anyone's going to give you a really tough game. Yeah. You can't look at anyone and say like, I don't know, maybe Toronto are maybe at the bottom right now, but they're still a good team. Yeah. There's no, there's no walkovers in this league yeah. whatsoever. Um, you've got to be on point all the time. Yeah. In this game, the difference between strafe and left and strafe and right could be the difference between winning 100 grand and zero, 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 zero yeah, grand. Yeah, yeah. So, I'll be on point um, all the time. There was a picture yesterday, wasn't there, that Kleenex is apparently scrimming again now with Toronto. Um, but obviously, I know last time wasn't it something to do with, was it Classic had to go away for a few days and before we know it, it was back and back. Actually. Yeah, I can't, I, don't, I think it's pretty private, that situation, right. but yeah, that's the, that's the yeah, basis yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, overall, obviously, the opening game is Dallas. Do you think you'll win the event? I think we'll win the event. Yeah. It's hard to say, mate, honestly. Like, um, with the way practice has been going, is there's no is no reason why we can't. Yeah. We're, we've been extremely good in practice, but we've always, had, we've always suffered this thing where it's like, our practice is extremely, extremely fucking good. Well, we'll, we'll use the event where, um, what is it? Where we went 0-2 to Atlanta and Chicago. Atlanta and Chicago were in a group. We went 0-2 to them. But before that, going into practice, we were absolutely battering everyone. Before the most recent event where we came second, we were battering everyone even more. Don't get wrong, we came second this time. But we were battering Chicago as well. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously, then you've got Chicago. Playing in the grand final is different to playing any other game in the world and but like, like I said look um, practice was going extremely well and then we were getting to events and it wasn't going it, it, the, the things were happening that we've never encountered before like people making mistakes that were never happening before and um, and we were all scratching our heads about it you know um, I know they're not getting nervous because I work with all work with them all for obviously all of this year um, the, the the Brad, Sean and Dylan work with them for two years now I know they ain't getting nervous because yeah. They've been in way more high-pressure situations yeah. than sitting in their bedrooms, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, we, we couldn't work it out, you know? And we obviously just had to make a team change. Just uh, It's like a, how do I put it? Like just eliminating, just trying to eliminate a, a several different things and see yeah, what yeah, one yeah. works, you know? We didn't yeah. know, and luckily this, this one has worked. Just try the error process. That's yeah. what I was trying to say, yeah, yeah. process of elimination, something like that. And um, so luckily this one has worked. Um, we've still got some kinks to sort out. Yeah. Um, a few more days of practice yet. And then hopefully we can iron everything out and get ready for because uh, we've got an extremely hard group this weekend. Get yeah, ready for it this weekend. Yeah, yeah. So before we close out, I've got one more question for you. I'm gonna let the before I ask this, guys in the chat, if anyone's got a question or two they want to post, just ask it now because uh, I'm on my last one. What is the best advice you could give to an aspiring coach? An aspiring coach. Yeah. Um. And player, honestly, and player, if you like. And player, okay, yeah. Honestly, for, for, for both, then, honestly, it's pretty much the same same principles. Um, work ethic is so important. You've got to be working harder than everyone. You've got to try and be work harder than everyone else in your team because that does get noticed. Um, take it from me, for example. When I come to the top as a player, I did get an ego. I didn't think I had to come on any more than I did other than scrims. And then, then that's if you don't, if you if you're not if you only play in scrims, it's going to affect your gun skill. 
COD's becoming simpler and simpler. It's becoming more about gun skill than it is about brains. And honestly, that's eventually what started being a downfall of my career. Just thinking, just being smarter than the other guy was going to be good enough. Yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously that. And but honestly, the most important thing is don't drop your whole life to become. It's like it's, it's a cold, sad, hard answer. But don't drop your whole life to become a professional uh, gamer or anything like that. You need yeah. you need a backup plan because a way higher percentage make it. Uh, don't make it than they do. The same yeah, in yeah. any other professional sport, let's say football and all that, for yeah. example. There's a lot of, honestly, there's, there's a big thing about uh, Gary Neville and, um, um, what's his name? Scouser, centre back, shit one. Yeah. Carragher. Carragher did about, um, how, like, the academy system works and how it fucks over people for, like, putting all their dreams into it. It's the same principle in COD. If you give up all, if you give up everything, like, uh, say, relationships, uh, college, jobs, whatever, yeah. to become a pro COD player, Probably 80, 90 times out of 109 times out of 10, it's not going to happen. So please have a backup plan. Yeah. yeah. Um, but obviously, you've just got to try and work harder than everyone else. Watch as many streams as you can if you want to make it and keep grinding, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's a stereotypical answer right? each one of us would give, but it's the truth. Nah, well, it's, at the end of the day, I think the reason you all give the same answer is because you've all gone through that journey. So, you know, you know what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a question here from Mr. Husky who said, Do you think Dylan is coming, uh, coming onto the game like he? Coming onto the game like he was at the end of like I saw where he was scary good. Do you think it was just a slow start for him or underperforming? Um, I think he knew himself at the start. He underperformed a little bit, but at the same time, it's like this this game. It's a lot harder to go off. He he said it from day one, and um, no one can doubt him. Last year, um, for, for the for the better part of last year, he was regarded as the best player in the game until like say Simp started popping off at the major events, and I 100% say Dylan was. Up until that point, he was better than Simp. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was better than Simp. It's hard to say because we were a far weaker team on paper than he did, and then than than Simp was, and yeah. didn't still drop the same numbers every single game. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, like, but didn't say at the start of this at start of this game, every single player in this game is a superstar. Honestly, yeah. You, I'm sure you know. Anyone in this game knows it themselves. You go into a public game, you're getting world starred by everyone. Yeah. Imagine ten pro players in a lobby doing that. It's extremely hard to be that consistent all the time. No, and very, very, very few do. People like Shotzi, they've been inconsistent at the start of this game, whereas last year, players of their skill level, Dylan, Simp, Shotzi, they're dropping 50, 60 uh, EKA every single map. Yeah. It's generally just because the game's harder this year. It's, 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 the game's easier, shall I, the game's easier shall, I, shall I say, that makes it harder to be really consistent on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a question here from Con. Um, do you reckon it's ignorant to blame your teammates for your losses? Um, uh, it's a... Uh... Obviously, like a, a, a teammate can straight up cost a game. I think it's situational, isn't it? That it's completely will, situational. Yeah, totally situational. I will say the amateur scene is incredibly, incredibly bad for that. Yeah. The amount of times I've finished an event and I'm walking out, say an open event at MOG or whatever, I'm hearing nine times out of ten, everyone complaining, "I dropped forty, bro. I dropped forty, and we fucking lost." I was like. Mm-hmm. He dropped yeah. 40 and got top 128. Like, who the fuck gives a shit? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, look at what 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 happened, what what went wrong, what you can do better. Yeah. It's a very like amateur mentality to just constantly blame your teammates. Don't get me wrong. Like, obviously your teammates going to cost you games, same as you're going to cost your teammates your games. Yeah. But self accountability is one of the main things in improving in anything in life. To be honest, especially in like a professional sport, professional esport. And if you don't have self accountability, you're never going to make it very far because. The best way to improve is to make the same make make mistakes. As fucking cliche as that is, it's, it's true. No, right. If you're not yeah, making yeah. a mistake, you're not gonna know you're not gonna know you've done wrong. Yeah, yeah. 
bang on mate I think we're all tied up that was good I'm grateful I like the answer it's a good one to close out on very good one to close out on all right, mate. people need to look into themselves a bit more I like it um, listen I'm really grateful you've come on I wish you and the boys all the luck over the weekend um, I think we might be seeing the first Ravens event win I'm hoping so mate Crack the beers. I hope so. Crack the beers, man. Just get fun. Definitely. Right, that'll be fantastic. That's the plan. <laughs> right, stream. Thanks to everyone who's tuned in. Uh, that's another episode of The Baker City. The Baker City? Right, all right. That's not just cut. That'll do. That's another episode <laughs> of The Bakery all done. Uh, I hope you'll have a good night. Adios.